Ted, we're going to spend some time just prophesying today over the church, over the community, over the nation, that kind of thing. Um, what's the purpose of prophecy? For those that maybe have forgotten or maybe need reminding or maybe didn't even know. Well, it's the same as for all spiritual gifts to build up the church, to build up the, the church. But in addition to this, there are three descriptive words that Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, concerning the gift of prophecy. And he says in 1 Corinthians 43, everyone who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And that's, whether it's for a church, or whether it's for an individual, or whether it's for a nation, that's the purpose of New Testament uh, prophecy. So strengthening, that means literally promoting another's growth. So if you receive a prophetic word, you should feel affirmed, confirmed, uh, built up. It shouldn't leave your faith weakened, shouldn't leave you feeling despair. And sometimes we can hear some words that frighten us, but there should still be a galvanizing. Right, okay, that's what's going to happen. Well, we're going to pray into that then. Um, and so strengthening, it should strengthen you. So what you're doing, do more of. Where you're going, go further. Where you're reaching, go higher. Where you're digging, go deeper. Well done, strengthened. Strengthening, encouragement. And it's the same word that's used in John chapter 14, where it describes the role of the Holy Spirit as the comforter, this advocate, the counselor. It literally means one who comes alongside to assist and support you. Uh, and this may be especially evident in times of redirection or adjustment. So the word advises you. It brings wisdom to you. Uh, it has a dynamic sense of urging you into all that God has for you. And it's amazing how many times Alice and I have been given prophecies over the years, and they become like good friends to us on a confusing journey. Anybody? So, well, God, what did you say? It's all turmoil and I'm confused, but what did you say? I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to hold on to that. Um, so that's uh, about encouragement. And then there's another word, comfort or consolation. And this word has the sense of uh, words being whispered into your ear. These are gentle words of comfort and reassurance. They have a, a, a great sense of intimacy and tenderness, which is different to the encouragement, which was kind of urging you, come on. It's kind of gentle, comes up close. It makes me think of, you know, like, when a child wakes in the night and you as the parent as you go and you say, it's okay, it's okay, daddy's here, mommy's here, it's all right, I'm here. That's the word of prophecy when it's brought in comfort. Um, so critical or negative words come from a critical or a negative heart. That's not prophecy. That's not what we're going to encourage today. <laughs> okay. All right, so I just thought it'd be helpful just to set that as a bit of a a backdrop, that's prophecy, that's what we're expecting today. So what we've got is that we've got a bit of a treat for you. We've got um, three prophetic words at least, possibly more. And Kate's going to come and prophesy first. Mark, feel free to come and join us as well. And we're going to kind of kick off with one another a bit. We don't know quite where it's going to go yet. I think as we were talking about some of the things that God was saying to us, we thought, oh, okay, this is going to start something. Um, and we don't know quite where it's going to end up, do we, really? So this is Kate. Kate, going to go first. I'll mm. shut up. 
just stand in front of it. Okay. Hello, everybody. Yay, happy new year. Um, so when I asked God a few weeks ago what he wanted to say to us as a church at the beginning of 2023, he immediately said to me, faith. And I had a bit of a laugh with him because if you remember last year, he said hope to me. So maybe next year will be about love. Who knows? Um, <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, um, many people in this church and in the, in the UK and wider um, have really suffered in 2022 um, and had to cling on to the hope. Um, and God has been teaching us corporately about warfare in prayer, hasn't he, in the last few months. Um, and as we've been doing this, it's like I've seen in the spirit, like um, a faith muscle has been activated in us. Um, a bit like a heart, but I've started to see it like pump. Um, and I feel God wants to work this faith muscle in us this year. And over the last few months, I've been thinking a lot about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I, I literally keep seeing Luke one everywhere. And I know we've just had Christmas. <laughs> um, but just been so aware of this story, this story of faith. Um, and I actually want to read Luke 1, 26 to us. I just felt it was really important to actually read it. So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will... The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And what really strikes me about these verses is Mary was willing to do something she could not comprehend or even understand. She had no frame of reference for this. No one else had ever been asked to do this, what she was about to do. And so quickly and willingly accepted what God was asking of her. Um, Jesus and John the Baptist were both miracle babies, weren't they? Um, and... I just love coming across, a, I'm trying to be a midwife at the moment, and I love coming across a couple who've had, who've got a miracle baby story, um, new life that's unexpected. And I feel that this is what God is going to do with us this year, bring life in unexpected places. So nothing is impossible for God. And I feel like we've seen that, haven't we, in the last couple of months. And I feel him asking, will you partner with me this year? Will you partner in the impossible? And just I see God giving us new blueprints, new plans for the church, in your work, in your families. And um, I see plans being drawn up. I feel God would say, do not be afraid, particularly of an impending recession. <laughs> Have faith that he delivers what he orders. 
Um, Mary could not understand or even comprehend what God was doing in her, but she was willing. She looked at what God had said to her with eyes of faith. So I just feel let's be in faith for the unexpected this year, for miracle life to spring forth. So um, a while back, God started to give me a picture of a net. And uh, that's a fishing net, not a lady called a net. And because uh, we're not doing individual words. And, and what this was about, and I could see us as points on the net, but there was a connection between us because... Jesus has always been after a people and not individuals. And there's a shift that I believe is coming in our corporate experience of what Jesus is going to do with us, where he wants to take the focus off the individual. And maybe where we've had our society is quite individualistic, in a Western mindset, where he always was about something that was about a people. He saved us to be the people of God. He always wanted a people, a nation, a royal priesthood. And there's going to be a restoration of that. And that's how God is going to move among us, I believe. And he's drawn my attention to that wonderful story in Luke 5. I'm on from Luke 1, so it follows on nicely where uh, the fishermen have gone out and Simon comes back in with nothing. Nothing. An empty boat. And Jesus just says, just put the nets out on the other side. And Simon says, I I know what I'm doing. You know, I've been doing this for a while. Anybody? Been doing this for a while. I I know what I'm doing. I I know the gospel I know how, I know this, but it just, there's nothing. The boat's empty. And yet Simon goes out again and is overwhelmed by the catch. And then the call goes back, I need help. And others come and there's a together bringing in the catch. And Jesus is about a together work this year. And, uh, uh, and, and one of the phrases that keeps coming to me, you know, we've got used to some new phrases in recent years, and one of them has been a new normal. Do you know what? We've been living through an abnormal time. Do, do you know that? Jesus wants you to know, and he's going to do something across our nation where he's going to give us a new normal. We have been used to dry land we've been used to it just doesn't work we've been used to the seed seems to fall on the path and it gets eaten and it disappears but jubilee there's a new normal coming where there's going to be fruitfulness and there's going to be harvest and there's going to be joy and it's going to take us by surprise and i've seen jesus doing this first and so I just feel like Jesus wants you to know that your part and our part in this is to be his witness. 
We're to be witnesses of Christ in how we do, what we do, where we do it. That's it. Jesus saves. Amen? And I just feel like somewhere God wants to break the sense of pressure that's come for this thing called evangelism. Wants to break it. In Jesus' name, he sets you free to live out what he's given you, where he's put you. And when people ask why, to witness to him and to say, this is because Jesus lives in me. That's it. Why do you do what you do in the way that you do it, where you do it? Because Jesus is alive in me. And that's what he's called me to do. And Jesus is going to bear fruit. And I, I saw the picture of this net, and it was as though each of us were the points on the net where the, where the fabric meets together. That was you as a point. And I saw the net starting to be drawn together. And there's a big catch. Are you ready for a big catch? It's an exciting time. Um, I'm going to prophesy for a bit, then we're going to pray, and then my dad's going to bring a word as well. So we've got a veritable feast for you today. Um, I, I just want to prophesy about supernatural solutions. Anybody need any? Um, I had a dream where I was sitting at a large round table, uh, and there was a large bowl in the centre of the table, and it was a sort of feeding bowl, people taking food uh, from the bowl. And uh, I, it came to me, and I started to take some food, and I realised there wasn't a lot left. There was just two bits of bread and one piece of chicken. And I thought, oh, OK, well, I better serve the person next to me first. So I put it on their plate, served that person next to me, and then I went back to the bowl and found that there were three pieces of bread and two pieces of chicken, and I thought, that, that's a bit weird. Maybe I misunderstood. So I then served the person to my right with the three pieces of bread and the two pieces of chicken, and I turned back, and then it had multiplied even more. And, uh, and I woke up from that just feeling the presence of God so powerfully in the room. And uh, it's just that the more we gave away, the more that it materialized and returned and came back. And I just uh, felt God begin to speak to me then over the next few days about looking for supernatural solutions to earthly problems because our earthly solutions just wouldn't be enough for what lay ahead of us in 2023 and beyond. We're living in times where we're learning dependence on the abundance of heaven's provision rather than the limitation of earth's. And I was, of course, reminded of the time of the loaves and the fishes where Jesus trained his disciples to keep returning to him for multiplication. And then I was drawn to Psalm 121 and the question of where does our help come from when we lift our eyes and see the mountain standing in front of us. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We lift our eyes to him when we see the mountains blocking our path. We're not looking to earth's resources. We're looking for supernatural solutions to earth's problems. And so we're going to have to learn how to speak to some mountains in this season, I believe. 
and tell them to move. You know, Jesus never tells us to climb mountains or even to go around them. He says you need to speak to the mountain and tell it to move. And he says, and you don't need a lot of faith to do it. You just need a grain of faith. And we're going to need to learn how to speak to mountains in this season. Mountains of impossibilities. Mountains of resistance. Mountains of lack. Um, and there are several applications of fault in particular that we're going to need supernatural solutions for financial and material needs so that we can continue to be generous. Given it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. We're going to need supernatural solutions in the face of political and social instability because we're not going to have the same kind of stability. Anybody noticed this? As we have in previous times, there's wars and rumours of wars. That's our backdrop at the moment. And I believe that we're increasingly going to be called upon as churches to pray in this season. I'm really believing that there's going to come a call from the government even or some kind of authority to say we need the churches to pray like we did in the Second World War. We're going to need supernatural solutions in areas of health and well-being considerably. We're seeing in the news now there's increasing pressure on health services, doctors and nurses, but we're not to just look to them for solutions, but to look to him for these needs. Last year I felt challenged to pray um, not just for the woman at the well kind of encounters, like wherever I go, God, may may I run into somebody and have an opportunity, but to start asking God to send us the centurion about his servant saying will you come and help me that people will come to the church come to us come to us as individuals in the workplace say please will you pray for me I don't know what to do please will you come and pray and lay hands on somebody I believe that we're going to have those kinds of encounter moments to come and pray and to lay hands on people who have no hope otherwise we're going to need supernatural solutions in the face of instability in our climate and weather systems. Uh, Really felt impacted by this. Last summer we were in France and we were surrounded by wildfires. There's one just to the north, there's one just to the west, there's one just to the south. It's the first time I've ever felt in danger from the climate. The air was full of smoke. It was a frightening place to be. And we found God just started to stir us like Elijah the prophet spoke to the wind, uh, spoke to the rain, spoke to the sky and said, it's time to rain. And we felt to do the same thing. We commanded it to rain. We started praying for the nation of France. We started praying for the rivers that had been polluted. And, you know, within two days of us praying, it started raining at night time. And it rained all one night and the fires were dampened down and they didn't reoccur. It rained every night because I said, Lord, please don't ruin our holiday. (laughs) It only rained at night. And then as we left France, there was a downpour of rain. Do you believe that you can pray prayers like that, that affect the climate, that you can speak to polluted water systems and see them be refreshed? I believe that we're coming into those days where we need supernatural solutions for earth's problems. God's calling us to look to the hands of Jesus, not to ourselves for provision. To call on the Lord as our helper and ask him to move the mountains, not try to do it 
ourselves. And church, we're a supernatural people with an all-powerful God. Do you know, I was told by somebody recently, somebody who travels a lot around the UK, you can't use the word supernatural anymore in the church. People get turned off by it. They get worried by that word. I said, well, we talk about it all the time and we're going to keep talking about supernatural power because we have an all-powerful God who has supernatural solutions to earth's problems in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, Father, we, we say in faith that we receive these words as strengthening words, as exhorting words, as encouraging words, as words of comfort that will stir us to follow you more closely in 2023. We receive these. We take them seriously, Father God, and would you, by your Holy Spirit, bury them deep in our hearts. Lord, we take this word of faith so seriously, would we be a people who together receive the gift of faith right from heaven's throne room, that that faith of Mary that took you at your word with no questions, even though they must have been buzzing around her head, she said, no, I am the Lord's servant. Lord, with that faith, that faith to apprehend you, that faith to, to go after all that you have in store, that faith that makes us step out of our comfort zones into all your heavenly promises, would that be the faith that characterizes us? Would you grow that in us? Lord, even this week, would there be opportunities for us to step out in faith, to take you at your word? and to point to you, Jesus. So we receive it in Jesus' name. We receive faith from you, faith that moves mountains, faith that, that does great exploits for you, faith that takes you at your word. Amen. Yeah, and Father, we say, please teach us how to fish. Too often the net, the boat has been empty. And we don't want that. We want full nets. So teach us how to fish. Show us how. Show us which side of the boat to lower the net. Show us, Lord. You have said you will do it. Now show us. We are saying we will take you at your word. Now show us and teach us how to fish. And show us how to do that together. Where those who those are worried that they, they don't know what to do, we'll be able to support those who are seeing success and we'll share that success. Lord, teach us how to fish together. Teach us how to cast that net out together. Father, I pray for a sense of community in bringing in the community. That just show us because we will do it. When you show us, we will go. When you call us, we will do it. But you need to show us. You need to call us. Thank you that you have said you will do it. And now we say we will go with you and we will do it with you, Lord Jesus. So teach us to fish together. And where there is worry, where there is fear for, 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 for many on, on that word evangelism, Lord, we take that word out of it and say we will fish with you and we will be your witness. Break that fear. And let us go forward in boldness, in courage, and with faith that you will fill the nets. You save. 
Show us how it's done, Lord Jesus. Amen. And we're looking for supernatural solutions to Earth's problems. Can you just stand for a moment? Just put your hand on the person next to you. Let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come. He's a supernatural God. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We receive this word of supernatural power, Lord. We, we, we renounce, Lord, the lie that we've got to do it somehow. We've got to save people. We've got to bring people in. Yes, Lord, we have a role in that. But Lord, you're a supernatural, all-powerful God. And Father, we just release supernatural power in this place right now. In Jesus' name, a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit for a fresh season. We just release the fire of God in this place. In Jesus' name. And, and for fruit in unexpected places, that word that Kate just brought there, we just release that in Jesus' name. I just wanted to, um, I think it's interesting that we all seem to be stuck in the Gospels. Because I've been reading in John's Gospel, and I was really stuck in John chapter 4, where the lady at the well Jesus says to her, will you give me a drink? And uh, in chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus said to her, if you only knew the gift of God, you would have asked and he would have given you living water. If you, and it's that phrase, if you only knew, that got me. I thought, if you only knew, are there things that I don't know that God wants me to know? And if I knew them, they would unlock living water. And years ago, I looked up, I don't know where I read it now, but that phrase, living water, what does it mean? And you can dig a well and there'll be like sort of an osmosis, the water will seep in. But if you dig a well and you get that well onto a spring of water that's constantly flowing, it's, it's living water. It's a spring. Like Jesus says later on, it's a bee in you. The Holy Spirit will be in you, a spring of water welling up into eternal life. So what God's got for you and me, if you only knew, he'll give you a well of water springing up springing up so that you won't get dry again. It'll keep coming up. So the question is, what do you know? This woman, later on, she says, Jesus begins to explain things to her. And she says, well, I know that when the Messiah comes, he'll teach us everything. Is this the Messiah? She goes off and she speaks to the people in the town. She says, could this be the Messiah? And they come and they hear and they say to her, no, we know. Not because we've heard you, but because we've heard him ourselves and we know. And you know the thing that struck me? Knowing is different to believing. You know, you can believe and it's all up here. You believe things, you believe things, you believe things. But when you know, it sinks down into your heart. And years ago, over 50 years ago, God first spoke this to me. <clears throat> We'd had a tremendous New Year's Eve 
gathering with some young people and we saw people baptized in the spirit and brought into speaking in tongues. And Jill and I were praying through into the new year. And I sat there and I said, Lord, I know that I love you. And I know that you love me. And straight back came, yes, I know you do. But do you know, that knowing has been something that has remained like an anchor in my life. All the days when you don't know, when you don't understand, when you can't see where you're going or why things are happening, I know, I know that God loves me. I know that I love him. I don't know anything else. But the things that you know, John chapter 8 says it, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But listen... It's not the truth you believe, it's the truth you know. It's the truth you know that will set you free. It's the truth you know that will keep you in the times when it's all up and down and you don't understand. So I want to ask you, what do you know? Because I think if we're careful and if we listen, God is going to let us know some new things this year. Things that are suddenly going to become, wow, yeah, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that. Would you let God show you? Would you let him teach you? Can I pray for you? Father, we just pray that in all the things that you're going to do to us this year, in all the ways that you're going to take us, Lord, would you open up truths that we need to know, things that we might have believed on, things that we might have hoped for, but now we'll just know because we know that when we know, nothing can shake. And we don't want to be shakable. We want to be those that are kept by the power and the mercy and the grace of God. Amen.